Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hello and welcome back to the Game of Thrones After Show. Tonight we're going to be talking about the series overview. What makes you love Game of Thrones? Our top reasons for loving the show, our predictions of what the spinoff is going to be, and maybe what some things you would have changed about season eight. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey guys, always so happy to be here talking <laughs> Game of Thrones. It has been nine years that wow. we have been talking about Game of Thrones, and I'm sad to say this is our last show. Aww. I'm your host, so. Elizabeth Snyder. And joining me, a special guest that you've probably seen in the past, Mr. Dave Child. Hi, I'm back <laughs> from the dead. <laughs> it's like I, I rode back and I've just been making armor in King's Landing this entire time. <laughs> Hi, it's Dave Child. I'm Dave Child. Okay, Gendry. <laughs> and we got Anna K. Thomas with What's us. What's up, guys? Happy to be back for our last show. Can't believe it. I know. And Battlemaster Professor Jeremy Dan. I'm Jeremy Dan, and Kristen, if you ever want to talk Game of Thrones, you have my number. You can always call me. Aww. We can talk more. Thanks, we can just thanks. keep talking and talking and, and talking. talking. Ryan called me the other night and talked to me for five hours. <laughs> right. With just a lot about... of Game of Thrones talk yeah. and then nonsense about Peter Baelish. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys, tonight we're going to talk about the entire series. Overall thoughts is going to be our number one topic, and then we're going to get into maybe things that you would have changed. And then we're going to talk about, hey, if you rewatched it all, what did you notice with all the info you have now? And then we're going to get into series highlights, maybe some lines that we loved from the show, and then top three reasons we love Game of Thrones, and then our predictions for the spinoff. Amazing. Adorable. <laughs> so, Dave, why don't you start us off? Because you haven't been here no. too much this season. So, what were your overall thoughts of the series of a whole and like season eight as well? Yeah. So, I mean, my overall thoughts of the season is we're this is the first show of its ilk that we're never going to have a show like this, not for a long time at least. And it's changed television. <laughs> this is the first show that's like every single episode has been a fantasy feature film essentially and that's amazing and i think that alone has made it like a great series um the last season's been tough for me uh i was someone who i was i've been someone who's like okay we're gonna see how they how they do this like (laughs) all right they killed the the night king kind of early but let's see what happens (laughs) And I was one of the people that it's the show, the first episode that I was, I kind of, it lost me on was when Daenerys turned evil, that first little switch. So this last season's been tough, but the last episode was good. I enjoyed the last episode. I feel like they just rushed up to the point to get to the last episode, Mm -hmm. and all I wish was that they didn't try to make two epic movies in the middle Mm. of the season. And they spent that time, if not more episodes, 
just more time working on characters and yeah. working on character development and not giving us like a giant at least two action movies. Give us one action movie. Yeah. So that was my one complaint, but as as a whole, I loved the show. And it was yeah. a good show still. I agree. Yeah. Best show ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sets the bar for every other show that's to come. Especially right. for HBO with Absolutely. the money that they have. Mm-hmm. What do you what did you, Jeremy, Anna Kay? Like what yeah. is your overall thoughts on this show? Okay, forty seven primetime Emmy Awards. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't speak for itself, I don't know what does. AK bring in the facts. I mean, you know I'm a pop culture junkie, <laughs> so that's what I do. But yeah, as far as like a mythical fantasy, medieval realism, you know, this is on par with, you know, the Lord of the Rings, the Star Wars, the Narnias, and I just mm-hmm. feel like for television, I totally agree with Dave. It's the first of its kind that we've seen to to be developed to this extent. Obviously, they had great material they were working off of for the majority of the series. But I just think that it was, you know, never have I cared so much about individual characters, so many at one time. For me, another HBO show that I loved is The Wire, and it had a major, major character development. So at any point in The Wire, you were really caring about 30, 40 plus characters Mm -hmm. all at the same time. I've never experienced a show like that until Game of Thrones, and to this day, there are so many individual characters, both primary and secondary, that I have come to love, and I really do think that's a special thing that only Game of Thrones has been able to do in a very long time. I agree. Uh, I think this is a work of art that's going to stand the test of time, and be, it's a global work of art of importance. If we mm-hmm. can pull up another work of art that's kind of famous, I, I relate this, and I've thought about this from the beginning of this show as being kind of similar to the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, just the enormity and the scope of this work. You have respect for the individual creator, the visionary, and that's George R. R. Martin. And I, I know it sounds a little dramatic, but to say Michelangelo, but there were so many others that were part of crafting and, and uh, putting parts of it together. Both took multiple years. Uh, in, the, in the Sistine Chapel, four years. In this case, ten years and beyond as the show. The most major work ever of its kind is, as you guys were alluding to, there's been nothing else like it. The detail on both. Mm-hmm. You learn something new every time you look at it. Look at the Sistine Chapel, which we see up there on the screen now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have both a main storyline in the case of the Sistine Chapel. It's the creation that runs down the middle. God creating Adam and Eve and, and the world. In Game of Thrones, you, you might have two storylines. The battle against the dead and the battle for the throne. The right. Game of Thrones. And finally, you have all these smaller vignettes and storylines and other characters that you still uh, love. And you might love some more than others. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the Sistine Chapel, I, I've studied it a lot. And you have certain pieces of that that have this great composition and color and others that you might not like quite as much. But again, the enormity of the work. The difference, though, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was a show and is sequential. So people have been let down by that final stanza. The ending just frankly pulls things together and is the most important part and sticks with people. And that's where the Wire was such an enormous show and delivered, I think, more on that ending stanza. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, I haven't finished watching The Wire. In fact, I've fallen asleep a few times, so Game of Thrones is still it for me. I just wow. binged like, it last summer. fire! <laughs> just kidding. But guys, let, we are short on time tonight, so yes. let's get into our second, second uh, topic, what you would have changed. Now, for me... I really wanted the Night King to get an origin story yes. that we could see through Bran's night sight, or sorry, his green sight. And then I really wanted Jamie 
to be the only one who get to could get close enough to yeah. Cersei to kill her. Like, I feel like a few people thought that he was going back to kill her. We talked about this over. We were texting yeah. each other oh, okay. the last thing. Because, like, I, I felt with Jamie especially, that was, that was disappointing for me mm-hmm. because he spent a long time... They they developed his character into an arc. It was moving away yeah. to something. It was moving. He was becoming something bigger than what he was. And the fact that he went back at the very end to, I will never move past the person I am, which is someone who's blindly in love with Cersei, and it doesn't really matter. Like I was someone who, as soon as he left, like uh, as soon as he left Winterfell, I was like, no, 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 no. I know. I, I know it just seems like he's an F-boy here, but <laughs> I, 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 this is he's really saying this to Brienne just so he could go back and he can get close to Cersei and he can he needs to face his demon and his demon is his love for Cersei yes. and that's what he needs to do. And then when he sees her and they just love each other, yeah. I'm just like Dude, no, no, this is you're past this. You should still yeah. be in love with her, but you should realize why it's wrong and what she's done. Like John did with Danny. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's how from that relationship. I think in a way they were maybe doing this so it could be a foil to that. Yeah. So you can it's the my biggest things with the this last episode of Game of Thrones, looking back on the whole thing, mm-hmm. I could see how the index cards look great. When you put the index cards on a wall and you're saying, this happens here, this happens here, this happens there. You could look at that from far away mm-hmm, and be like, yeah. this yeah. looks great. Yeah. Daenerys turns evil. John has to kill Daenerys at the end. Everything goes back. Everything will work out. But you don't, you need to put the time to earn those moments. And it's, that was my biggest thing. That's the biggest thing I would change was put more time into earning these big plot points and also to stay true to the character you now have and not have a dream yeah. scenario. Like, you now have a Jamie that wouldn't go back I and agree. fall in love with Cersei. You now have a Daenerys who wouldn't make that choice, mm-hmm. but you could have a Daenerys that made that choice if mm-hmm. you spent the time exactly. and, and, like, and actually worked with it. Something the fans also mentioned is they would have liked to see that Dragonglass didn't kill the Night King, and they would have liked for him to come down to Mm. King's Landing, which I kind of would have liked as well. And then the fans wanted the Night King's symbols to actually mean something. Yes, Like, we were all spending time. Yeah, (laughs) when I He loves swirlies. During my rewatch, like, I thought it it looks like the Weirwood tree where the Night King was turned into... Right. The Night yeah, King, basically. The tree but, itself. Yes, the yeah. tree. When they well, do, and like, it also the branches. And also the... Um, Stones. The ceremony was a stone-like, mm-hmm. and... But I, they just never put any more it, into that. It even had seven tendrils, like the Faith of the Seven, right. mm-hmm. and the Seven Kingdoms. And, and then seven. similar, we talked about similar to the um, Targaryen sigil, like, in, exactly. in look. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's I, so much there. I always think of it as like kind of a, a swirling loop or something, a vortex of something that could be kind of no, this like makes a cyclical sense. thing about time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also like a vortex and also like a hurricane, like a like mm-hmm. climate change, like all this stuff is <laughs> cyclone. kind of a cyclone that's that's unstoppable. That's how I always kind of yeah. saw it. And to to that point, another thing that always bothered me was what Bran actually does 
as the three-eyed raven. Besides, yeah, I feel like a lot of people were confused about his powers. In the, the Battle of the, the Long Night, it was like, where did he right. go? Was he in the dragon? Was he in the Night King? Why does, him being marked, like, bring it together. Why does the Night King want to kill him specifically? They came up with a thing that said, like, oh, he knows all of the history of Game of Thrones. He knows all the history of Westeros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he's a mystical Google. But they're not using that. He's not even they writing didn't. a he's not even writing a book about it. If they made it so if they made it as simple as Bran is the only way spring can come back. The three eyed raven brings the spring. And yeah. so you need to have a three eyed raven in order to get out of winter. Yeah, or if he like would warg into Drogon. Also, I thought it would have been cool if Danny was pregnant to kind of make the stakes higher. Jaden, what would have you changed before we get into our next topic? Uh, so, a little bit what Dave was talking about, but more on the story they wanted to deliver. I did not have any, you know, I didn't think about what ending would I have liked to have seen, but mm-hmm. if they wanted to deliver on the story they told, I would have, as my fellow panelists know, delivered on the Howland Reed playing into this. And this <laughs> oh my is, God. We're, we're not there yet with these graphics. Um, so deliver on Howland Reed. Um, he if was men- mentioned time, several Jayden. times. He was mentioned he several times. Him. His kids were there and guided Bran through the north. We have the Tower of Joy scene. He could have actually been the one living person that testified to John's place. In the end, we don't even know how many people knew about John's place between the Varus note and the mystical Bran reveal. Yeah. Um, mm. I would have had the Bran Tyrion discussion. Play out. We should have had some outtakes from the Bran and Tyrion discussion about what have you seen and what mm-hmm. has your journey been. Because that is the discussion on which Tyrion based his whole thing about this is why this guy should be king. And it reminded me of the show Entourage, where near the end, Vince gets married. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, don't spoil it. Well, to, to a woman. Blah, blah, blah. To a, I mean, it's kind of. It's been like 15 years. It has I don't a movie. Have time. Too late. Don't. No, to a don't woman, spoil it. Kristen, gotta follow through on it. To no. a woman oh, that he uh, had one day of conversation with who hated him and they cut you are away. the worst. You and have a show for me. No, no, uh, uh, okay. No, no recording also, of their discussion. He also spoiled so, the Sistine Chapel for you. Yes, exactly. I we got to see it. You. So, Mad Queen Danny, you could have had a couple of archers take a pot shot at her, and yes. that drives her over the edge. You could have seen some uh, of the the wildfire accidentally go up, and she thinks it's another attack. Then, instead of ninety nine percent of the people yeah. think it was ridiculous, I agree with that. at least you'd have eighty twenty. I would and have finally, had her destroy, fun- and then bells happen. And then when she, but she already made the choice to start firing, and because the bells were going off, she had to make the choice of just keep with it. Anyways, yeah. And so finally, an episode on that new politics. We have the meeting that takes five minutes of a bunch of giggly, mostly dudes, mm-hmm. and I, they, it would have been great to have an episode of them kind of in the court negotiating with each other and, and making plans. It all happened in five minutes. That was a little uh, ridiculous to pick your new king. Awesome. I know you guys have all rewatched. The shows. So, what have you noticed now with all the info that you have? For me, I picked out this story that Uncle Benjamin said mm. to Bran that he was actually killed by the White Walkers, mm. and the Children of the Forest came and actually saved him. Mm-hmm. They put dragon glass mm-hmm. in ben- Uncle Benjamin's heart to save him from becoming a White Walker. Right. Now, why did mm. we never? capitalize on showing that with one of our main characters. 
that would have been amazing if, like, Tormund got hurt and the Children of the Forest saved him at some point by, you know, putting Dragonglass in his heart. Like, I would have loved that to come to fruition, but it's like, why were we given this, like, awesome bit of information that they never capitalized on? I was also actually thinking, because, okay, Dragonglass in a heart, also some mystical stuff can cause this. I was waiting for Kyburn to create his own White Walker. I was creating Ooh, for him. That would have been cool. Waiting for something where, like, Frankenmountain was all of a sudden going to become a White Walker with a little help with Dragonglass or something. That would have been cool. But, you know, like they that. also had to wrap things up. So <laughs> I guess that's Trying to keep things contained rather yeah. than expanding so many things. I love, there were so many Easter eggs, and I think that's, again, when we talked about the overall thoughts of the show, why it's so special and so mm-hmm. important, is, like, like you said about the Sistine Chapel, with every new take, you're going to see different things. Something that stuck out for me is way back, season one, episode eight, the pointy end, when um, Rob is leaving Bran and Rickon, and he's going to talk to Bran, he's saying his goodbyes. Little Rickon is hiding, and he's like, they've all gone away. And then Bran is like, no, you know, Rob's going to go free Ned, and he's going to free Catelyn, and everything's going to be fine. And Rickon very calmly is like, no, they won't. Like, that's not mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, and it I just it's that. just such a foreshadow to what's to come, not only with Rickon's own life, but obviously with the entire Stark clan and family. And I just thought it was so cool how they just sprinkle those things in and you don't even realize it's happening on first watch. I yeah. agree. There's so much that if you go back and watch, like, you're like, wow, he was right. And, like, Cersei said Danny would you know, ruin all of the Seven Kingdoms that she did. It's, like, <laughs> things that you wouldn't pay attention, you just, like, looked over. Yeah. These characters actually yeah. called. And for my thing is the the dagger that's go- that's going across the entire season, like, the, in the entire series. The sword in, like, the credits? Or? No, the dagger itself that Arya oh, used. Little because it's dagger, the beginning yeah. of things, it comes up later when even Sam is looking through books about, like, how do you kill White Walkers? Yes. One of them is an exact, is, <laughs> is a drawn of the exact dagger <laughs> and it's it's kind of fated to end up killing the night king in the end mm-hmm. and that's why i thought actually aria being the one to king to kill uh the king was actually a good choice and also Bran giving her the knife yes, was course. also a good choice so it's all that stuff actually worked out and it's something throughout the entire series that's what i really enjoyed i agree so my comments are based on what I didn't observe as I rewatched because in the in the last <laughs> few days I'm not surprised. I watched the build up of Danny and some key scenes to see what was really out there in terms of clues about Mad Queenness. And I watched um, her at the gates of Carth, I watched her in the execution of the Tarleys, the burning of the cows and in Vice Dothrock and I didn't see it. I didn't see madness. I saw more control, yes. Uh, imperiousness, yes, ruthlessness, but not madness. And, and at that moment on the wall when she starts breathing breathing hard and her eyes change and she just knows she needs to become stone-cold killer, I didn't see the things building up to that. Also, in Bran, there have been some viral videos about how we should be reading the clues about Bran. Mm. I watched the scenes. I didn't see... I don't see that. <laughs> I didn't see, um, see that. Um, the, the clue I got, and it was already we had talked about in the show, because we talked about in one of our shows the odds, and that Bran was skyrocketing to the top. And I had already seen that in terms of winning the Game of Thrones. And uh, in the midst of that... I, uh, uh, what was it, Varys that said, in, to a king, indifference is an asset. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking about Jon mm. Snow at the time, but I said, there's the setup. There's that one line they're going to base the whole setup on of mm. Bran becoming the king. And he, he, he was wanting, or he wanted nothing. And maybe that's why they say now he makes the best king. I don't think they set it up. I this just is- wish they gave us like more likable moments. 
to get behind Bran. They made him a they made him an asshole. Like he like, <laughs> like even an emo said, asshole. <laughs> he even said to your favorite reads, like he even said like I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I just got into goth music. And it just it, it was kind of unfortunate. But they're also trying to say the reason why I kind of thought it was going to be Bran at the end mm-hmm. was because is a book thing, but he's the very first perspective you see. Mm-hmm. You you read yeah. is Bran. Wow. So of course I think in the books the last perspective we're gonna hear is gonna be Bran. Because it's it's I think George R. R. Martin still likes that like and it's also you do see his path. I think that's a book thing. I think that's going to be the same beat in the book. It's how the show earned that beat, like we were talking about before, that I'm not sure they quite did. And But, you know, yeah. it's... Yeah, I, I wish... I agree. I wish they made him more likable. I wish they made him less cold. I did see some theories that he's... Because he's so distant and because he's so not human, he's the only one that can be king. And if they're going to ever, like, settle into a democracy, which is probably the inevitable conclusion, they're going to need to have someone who's able to do that without any ego getting in the way. Right. And that's Bran right now. That's a good point. Or he could turn into an evil death spirit, which is (laughs) a lot of theories are just these some children of the forest, like, implanted in his body, and just slowly he'll become this immortal... Maybe that could be a spinoff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But let's get into our topic number four, series highlights. Yes. Moments that defined Game of Thrones for you. Mm. For me, it was the dialogue between the characters, those lines that sort of woke you up to a different perspective. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites was from Jon Snow. He said, people work together when it suits them. They're loyal when it suits them. They love each other when it suits mm. them. And they kill each other when it suits them. Right. And then later on, Cersei says, people murder their friends when it suits them. Well, hey, that might have been the wisest line Jon Snow said. <laughs> the most po- and the most political. The most political. Don't throw down my Johnny. <laughs> oh, John is Johnny. not a wise man. Johnny. All right. Other highlights I just want to throw out there. Obviously, Ned's death. I feel yeah. like they broke the narrative like our expectations of what narrative should be when that happened. They broke the narrative wheel. The narrative wheel. The purple <laughs> wedding, like how satisfying oh, Joffrey's death was. I feel like the revenge of the red wedding yeah. was yeah. almost more yeah. satisfying with Arya and then Cersei's impri- imprisonment imprisonment, mm. which was her own doing pretty much by yeah. empowering the High yeah. Sparrow. I know Anna Kay has some serious stuff on the Red I know, Wedding. No, it was definitely. Oh, you loved yeah, it? I loved it. I think that the Red Wedding was such a phenomenal point in the show. Not only because it changed the narrative expectations, but just because of how they set it up. I thought it showed real restraint from our writers. This also was an Emmy nominated episode for the entire series, and I loved how it was. It gave you the mystery and the clues from hearing the reins of Castamir to seeing the chainmail on Bolton's mm-hmm. arm. It was I was along for the journey, and I love that Martin, especially for a book reader, was inspired by real history. Um, this was inspired by Scottish history. It was a 15th century event called the Black Dinner, and so um, this king invited all these chieftains to feast, and they served a black bullhead as the last course, which is an omen for death. Mm-hmm. And a single drum played while they were feasting on this black boar's head, and then they all. They, they were Jeez. executed. So I just really thought that it showed restraint from D&D. 
And then Martin also said this was the hardest thing for him to write. He wrote the entire rest of the book first and then went back to write <laughs> wow. that chapter. Wow. Yeah. So for it to have that much importance to him as a writer and as a creator, and then for our showrunners to... For all the problems I think they had in the finale, for them to really treat this with the respect and care and restraint that it deserved, I just think it was so phenomenal. Right. I agree. Boom! Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Loves the red wedding. I love the purple wet wedding. Yeah. What about you? What wedding do you like? Which one? <laughs> what, what speaks to you? How, what defined Game of Thrones for you, Professor? Uh, uh, a small moment, but I mentioned that the Ned and John moment parting at the King's Road. For some reason, my spidey sense went up just as a, a young man watching that, that episode. And I said, that might be the most important line in the show. You know, when I see you again, I'll tell you who your mother is. And I kind of watched it mm-hmm. with that hypothesis. And it was an interesting way to try to pick up the clues around it. Mm-hmm. The Viper and the Mountain and the, yes! the battle yes. there. The reason that means a lot to me is because it's before I was a commentator on the show and was watching it with a viewing party of like 30 friends and seeing the reaction in the room like a mosh pit of people literally bumping into each other, running into walls, (laughs) falling over, covering their eyes. It was so visceral. It brought it so real. I'd never seen anything, even like a winning touchdown in a Super Mm -hmm. Bowl, uh, affect people that way. And finally, the Battle of the Bastards. Yes, my second favorite. As a, a... a military strategy piece, which you guys know I find fun, but it was also kind of a smart versus dumb versus smart strategy. Jon Snow threw all of his strategy out the door. Ramsay had a very strategy, yes. great, a smart strategy, but Sansa owned them both, essentially, and that's when it really marked she had changes the character for me. Yeah. So good. Every time they went against expectations, and I think this was mm-hmm. this is said in all of your all of your points is every time it goes away from how you think the narrative is going to play out. Why the viper and mountain fight was so good was because we were just starting to like the viper. And he was like, oh, this guy, and now he could fight? This guy's awesome. (laughs) Oh, he's dead. His eyes are... Oh, the thumbs are through the eyes now. And the Red Wedding, it's like, look at all these characters in one place. They're not all going to die. And then they they all die. die. And Bruce Bolton is showing off his uh, his new armor. Yeah, I know. his it's wedding just, armor. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's why. Like, it also made it. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors. And today, Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline wherever they are. And you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. It's why the last season seemed very different from the other seasons, too, because the difference is, like... You suddenly have this giant epic fight, and Brienne gets out fine, and everyone gets out fine. The people that die are like Jorah, the, are, mm-hmm. are kind of safe choices. It's almost mm-hmm. like they expected us to think everyone was going to die, so then they turned it around. It, it just didn't have the same restraint yeah. and and care. 
and again, I say this as someone who loves the show, guys. Yeah. Like, so just don't hate me too much. But it didn't show the same care of this, the character arcs that we've been spending so much time building. Right. You know, it just it was a little it was flawed. I agree. They could have had like this amazing. Oh my god! Oh no! Sam's dead. And but like it's like okay now. <laughs> yeah. Sam yeah, yeah. makes it to the. You probably shouldn't have lived through that. I'm um, glad everyone is alive and okay. <laughs> but it's still it's still it kind of disappointed me because I'm so used to as someone who is a writer and someone mm-hmm. who watches something and often goes like, oh, I bet this is going to happen. This show constantly surprised me. Yes. And yeah. this last season did not so surprise <laughs> me. So I wanted to be a bit more surprised. Although, yeah. again, the show's still great. It's going to go down to history as one of the greatest shows. So it's you're everyone's fine. But <laughs> it's, it's just something I kind of wished continued into this one. I mean, 1.5 million people signed a petition that they were not happy with it. That's I mean, so I don't, silly. Here's the thing. I don't That's think, too extreme for me. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be remade. I think they wanted to express to the writers and the people who made it that they did they didn't serve us what we wanted. They didn't respect the characters and stories that they had built over all this time and we were dissatisfied and I think that's okay. I don't think people signed that actually thinking it was going to be remade. I've got good news for everyone who signed that petition. The books haven't come out yet. <laughs> He's still writing the books. You're gonna get it all remade and probably told in a slower, more interesting way sure. that might get even a little boring sometimes. Do we but... have to start at book one, though? Because for me, I'm like, God, that's a to lot. To just dive in? Yeah, can yeah. I just dive a... in with the last two? I suggest you read from starting from book one because it's a great read. Mm-hmm. Four is a slog. <laughs> but but every but all of them are good reads and uh, especially five is actually really really good. You have to realize the book ends. Jon Snow is still dead. That's where the book ends. Right now, that's right where we now. That's where we left off. Everything past Jon Snow dying and not even coming back yet <laughs> is all the TV yeah, show yeah, yeah. with I think George R. R. Martin being like, "Probably this is going to happen." <laughs> you know, someone is a business opportunity is going to come up with a book about the books that lets people know what falls in between the cracks, so you can start reading the book. Someone's going right. to either come up with that documentary or that yeah. that book. A few more highlights I want to get into before we get into our top three reasons why we love Game of Thrones um, was Olena confessing to Jamie that Ooh. she had killed Joffrey. Well, you that moment the, you was a highlight You know the Tyrells are my favorite characters oh. in the Marjorie and Lady Olena are yes. my top. So that was fantastic. I love that you picked that. That moment and then uh, bringing back John, obviously, where we left mm-hmm. off in the books. And then I d- we haven't said anything about season eight, but Brienne being knighted yes. was pretty amazing. So good. Right? It was I cried. so good. <laughs> he did cry. Can I, I also say... Him. As much as the show is shows off the rainbow of toxic masculinity, Tormund Giant's Bane is the best man that ever lived <laughs> and will continue to be the best man. He is my favorite. He's someone who... You guys who look similar, actually. I, lo- I would love <laughs> to just be Tormund Giant's Bane. Uh, he is my favorite by far, and he's someone who... He's the only one in the show that he's he's... It falls in love with Brienne. He's going after Brienne. I was rooting for them. <laughs> Obviously, they should have been together. But Aww. you know what? When Brienne turns him down, you know what he does? He walks away. <laughs> Good for you, Tormund. He listened and he walked away, and now he's having adventures with ghosts. Well, see, he great. also cried. Yeah, not before he, he went to the hound and he cried about it. 
that he did that first. Which is what a man should do. I agree with Get that Get your part. giant's breast milk and just cry into it. What a great guy. One more thing about season eight. Hero turns antagonist is amazing. And I love that thought. And I was so glad that John had to kill Danny in the end. And the fact that we saw someone who was building up to be a hero turn into the enemy. I love all of that. Just like Dave was saying earlier, though, the execution I didn't love. So looking forward to that in the books. Yeah. Now, guys, top three reasons you love Game of Thrones. Dave, do you have three? Tormund's Giants, babe. <laughs> That's three. <laughs> that, <Okay. laughs> That's three. That's fine. I... The, the biggest reason why I love this show is it gave you... This was five shows in one, at least. Yeah. You, if you're not into the into the the um, the little finger kind of political aspect of everything that's going on, you can watch the Arya show. Or you can watch the Brienne show. Yeah. Or you can watch anything. It's There's so many different things. And that's also why the last season was going to be hard anyways. Mm -hmm. Because the show had to change. Because now they're all back together. So it's no longer five separate shows that you're tuning into. But that was my favorite part of the show. Is that it's... You have these separate, uh, like, groups that you can follow and you can get into. Another aspect is that this was a fantasy show that has become huge. And people started watching it because it slowly moved into fantasy. It was a political, mm -hmm. like, really into how people are dealing with their own family, their own cycle of of abuse. And then it turns into, you know, then now they're fighting the dead and now there are dragons. And it slowly got you there, and I love that. And that's good fantasy, and that's good sci-fi, too, if it was a sci-fi version of this. But it's just, I'm so glad that... This was a show that you could talk to anyone of all yeah. ilk. You can have like a biker just <laughs> just it almost us punch all you together. If he almost punches you in the face and then you're like, "But what do you think about Cersei?" Oh, you know, and then you can talk about Cersei. <laughs> or you could talk to anyone from any different like shade and they all loved one fantasy show, which as a nerd who just grew up living in fantasy, it was just nice to see the world see what I see in stories. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. That was definitely one of mine, too. It was nice to get lost in the world and not have a time frame of reference. Like, it was sort of like medieval realism. We don't know exactly when it was, so I definitely love that. Um, for me, we haven't talked about the cinematography of the show. Yes. And just how... <laughs> beautiful it is yeah. and stunning and the lengths that they went through obviously with the documentary we saw a lot about that but just from the locations to Ireland, Iceland, Spain the commitments of the stunt teams the props, the special effects 15 million dollars per episode it just, the scale of it was so tremendous and visually I feel like they took some shortcuts on the storytelling towards yeah. the end, but they never stopped the shortcuts with the visual storytelling. So I yeah. really appreciate that. The black of that one episode, oh the my longest God. night, was like just... <laughs> the it best was, black ever. Yeah, know? it was just... I know a lot of people complain about it, but that's just because we all have shitty TVs. It was magical. <laughs> it was magical. It was shot. How much more blacker can you get? <laughs> the answer is none. It's so good. It, it was so magical. Good. And then my last thing real quick... Kristen, you'll agree with me. Badass female characters. Yes! Arya, Sansa, Woo! Cersei. Even even secondary tier yes. uh, characters like Masande mm -hmm. And even Melisandre. I mean, I know she's kind of like a villain, but these, these fierce women, Cersei, people that are complex, people that care about their legacy, their families, politics. Sansa stepping into Catelyn's role as Lady of Winterfell and, yes. and living on that legacy. I just thought, and obviously Arya with 
just being Arya and the badass that she is, <laughs> just fantastic. So I just really think as a show that had a lot of male-dominated areas, it was still a vessel for females to shine. And accentuated by the fact it was not that at the beginning. Oh, and they, right. they set us up for some great character arcs for those characters. Brienne, yeah, mm-hmm. all of it. Jaden, So me, three. I'm getting called on? So one <laughs> I call... The timing, the trends, and the technology. This is the show that was at this juncture of, it was still, it might be the last appointment viewing show in this era of binging. It might be the last appointment viewing of a a show, a drama. Um, Yet it also was very bingeable and people caught up. I had lots of friends that wanted to catch up by the end. It was water cooler conversation in the way that only kind of sports often is. So it had us there. Clips. People watch so many clips on YouTube. You see these clips with 20 million views. Amazing. And finally, the commentaries, the gossip, the fan theories, the fan fiction. Nothing, uh, the social media. Our job, our hobby here. (laughs) Nothing else has combined it like this. And I think it's because of the time when it started. Social media kind of wasn't on mobile as big. It wasn't like today. More people were still watching appointment television. And... It was just at the right time where technology was changing a bit, but still hadn't. Yeah. So it had all of them at the same time. We'll see if it happens again. The other thing it was another reason I like it, it was like a mystery. It rewarded you for intelligence. It rewarded yes. you for paying attention, attention for the first six seasons. And they dropped some of that. <laughs> um, but a lot of that was there along the way. And finally, similar to what you guys were saying, but it had something for everyone. Acting. Dun, 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 oh, Crazy. I'll give it to the camera. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah, everyone who's listening on iTunes, Steven just walked in with a giant chocolate cake. <laughs> it is the watch has ended. Your watch oh. has ended. Oh my gosh. Great series, guys. Great. Wow. Steven. Wow. Thank you, Steven. Thank you. you guys, Steven in the booth. Well, yes. Steve, be honest, show your face. Show your face. Steven in the booth. Steven in the booth. He's a real man. He's a real man. That's a man, man. Enough for Ryan to get some tomorrow. (laughs) That is so nice that we're appreciated by our home here at AfterBuzz TV. I mean, it's been nine years talking about the show. Like literally, guys, I'm going to be depressed. Like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Real quick, if you guys are watching, if this doesn't deserve a thumbs up, I don't know what does. (laughs) So please subscribe. We love hearing you guys on YouTube, on iTunes, everywhere else that we are, Spotify, on all the platforms. So thank you guys for being so loyal and for sticking with us for all of this time. It's been amazing. So just want to say thanks and give us those thumbs up. It's really great. Absolutely. And and if I'm, you do, we'll send you a piece of cake. Yes. Yeah, now I want to cut this with a big sword and see what flies out of it. <laughs> I think that's the next move. All I have is a pen, though. I think I was making a point. He came in right before I was going to say the final things that oh, people mystery, loved it mystery, for. Mystery, mystery, no, mystery. No, no, no. The final thing I was about to say was great costumes and yes. sex. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You could, if nothing else, yeah, you, it, that was the, an element of the show. And for certainly, people. they tempered that down, except for the one bronze scene that seemed so out of place. Mm-hmm. It definitely got people interested in it. it they hooked the us with though. sex. Yeah, and, and then so, and then we got to know them better. Nothing has combined <laughs> combined those elements in an interesting ingredient mix, much like a cake. No one has uh, done it like Game of Thrones. I agree. My top three. It's going to be a lot shorter than all of yours. Um, <laughs> world building, obviously, oh, yeah. we haven't seen uh, you know, an artist like George R. R. Martin for how long. 
come into our lives and completely build this world. I mean, everyone knows Westeros, Essos, yeah. like this entire... I argue Tolkien was the one to do it before. Uh, and true, Stanley, true. And Stanley. But Lucas, maybe... Uh, uh, Rowling, J.K. Rowling, but I you mean, can, one few. hand. This yeah. has been my favorite. Not I don't feel too, for me. I don't feel like it's been done to this extent with this many places, with this many characters, with this many languages. I mean, like insane to me. And I will forever feel like King's Landing is a real place. Mm. Absolutely. And Not so, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. It'll be rebuilt. Um, and the dialogue. Obviously, we mentioned a few lines, but just the fact that, you know, words can really change your perspective and storytelling can change your perspective and the way that they told these stories and the lines that they delivered mm-hmm. went, went deep through a lot of us. I mean, made us think different ways about life in general. I mean, George R. R. Martin was always talking about something other than the characters in this book. He was obviously commentating on, you know, our world that we live in, and I loved that. And then the classic narrative rule-breaking that I touched on earlier of just breaking our expectations. And like you, Dave, always wanting the seasons to surprise you, and like being a writer as myself, I felt like I could predict a lot, but I loved when I couldn't, and I loved being wrong, because that's what you want. You don't want to like watch a trailer to a movie and then go (laughs) in, and it happens exactly like you think it's going to. You love being thrown off, and I feel like this show always did that, and it's the best part of being entertained is you know to go in and be thrown on this ride and not know what to expect and really enjoy it at Mm -hmm. the end. So for me, I love the show. There's so many more than three, but that's my three. And then lastly, for our predictions for the spinoffs, I mean, I'm just going to throw mine out there real quick. I would like Arya, a show about Arya, her travels. Yes, the other two continents, exploring those with her I think would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then what if, like, Drogon was causing havoc and Jon came to join her and take care of Drogon, and Ooh, I think that would exciting. be a good show. What about you, Dave? What do you want to see in a spinoff I know, or a prequel? I know these are prequels, so yeah. I, for one, I would love to see the Dunkin' Egg uh, chronology, like in this. They're short films, uh, they're short stories that kind of all lead up to one story about just the the fighting of Aegon, who's a Targaryen, and and Dunk, who's like, uh, who's a knight, and they're just doing night, night things. Which this is from really the nice. books. From the books. Got it. They're from separate short stories that he also wrote that are set in Westeros. Um, but I would also love the Doom of Valeria. I would love to have it be about what happened to Valeria. We only have seen old Valeria. It's where all the stone men are hanging out. It's mm-hmm. where Drogon was holding out. And we know that the Targaryens are from Valeria, but we know something terrible happened to them. So I could see a whole show being about basically the fall of Rome, the fall of Valeria. You'll still have yeah. dragons everywhere, and we'll see what happens to them. Like hundreds of years before yeah. Game of Thrones. That would be I would really watch cool. that. Sh- I want to watch yeah. that show right now, Dave. That's really yeah. good. That's a real. Like I almost want to just say that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to see? Uh, I, I, see I know that. you want to see romance. Come on, I know I you love see, the romance. I, surprisingly, <laughs> I want more Bran and Night King mm, history. So I'd yeah. be down for some more um, Night King stuff. I and thought you meant like an adventure with just the two of them. <laughs> 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 I'd be it's down, a buddy movie. Yeah. yeah, I'd be down for more history north of the wall. Maybe more wildlings. More. 
like about that. that. Maybe more people like Egret, some other fierce female wildling characters coming into play. That would be pretty satisfying for me. Mm. I would love I, that. They've talked about this, but I think they're making a big mistake by not doing an Arya spinoff because she is on the perfect vehicle, literally the boat, heading out to new adventures, and it'd be easy to do. But I have a pet project. Uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of Andrew McClay, Appledorf, strong beard. Background actor, number if, one. Um, yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah, so just using him in a show I think would be amazing. And if, uh, if we could just put... Uh, Image number five up. I don't think we have time to show the, the full image number five. Well, there's number one of him. sigil so, that you made. There we go. The sigil <laughs> for House Strongbeard. I think Sansa knows who her loyal warriors are in the north. Elevate them to take over. Our blades are dull. The dread Love for it. Our blades are dull. Nothing could penetrate those beards. They, they're the true <laughs> defenders of the realm. And right. with that amazing spinoff, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to end the show. But guys, it's been so fun. It's been a privilege to be talking about this show with you for the past nine years. You can follow me, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, at Cinematic Escape. I only really post on Instagram right now. I feel like <laughs> that's where everyone's going at this point. But Dave... Where can we follow you? You can follow me at mrdavechild or davechild.com and check out the couple of music videos I've been dancing Ooh, in recently. Yes. One of them just got over like 20 million views. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You guys can find me at Anna K. Thomas on all platforms, but like Kristen, I love IG. And I just want to give a shout out to Ryan Malti, who couldn't be here, yeah. but he also has yeah. been such a loyal member of this panel, so he also just wants to say thank you guys so much for being with us. You and can follow him at Ryan Mr. Energy Ryan Malady. I'm Jeremy Dan, and you can find me this coming Tuesday and beyond on the Chernobyl After Show. It's an amazing show, and if you haven't canceled your HBO subscription, you should be watching this. It's five episodes. You can easily catch up. Make it happen. I agree. Well, guys, that's it. Nine years comes to an end. We will miss you guys. Leave comments. Follow us on all of the Grams social media out there. And we can continue the discussion about the best show that ever was. Valar Margulis. Valar did bye, it. Bye, I can't. Bye, bye. <laughs> bye y'all. Our watch has ended. Now cake. Now cake. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 